0: Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 79 of Dope Nostalgia. And I'm your host, Naomi. We have another country music episode today, and it's a very, very special guest. Ali Colleen is here. Ali Colleen is a relatively new artist on the scene but she has very deep set roots into the 90s country music scene. And it's because someone very special to her in her family is a huge country music superstar. You'll be able to find out more about that in our interview. But for now, here's a little information on Allie Colleen. Wikipedia Wikipedia Moments. moments. A Belmont University graduate from Owasso, Oklahoma, with a style that is truly her own, Allie Colleen is no stranger to the music industry. A passion for singing and songwriting since a young age has garnered her a reputation of being a notable songwriter with an iconic sounding voice. Her impeccably strong voice with hints of timeless tradition falls between classic country and the emerging country sound. The room never fails to silence as Allie Colleen begins to sing about the layers of love and heartbreak that have shaped her. Some of her newest songs bring witty lyrics and a connection to the song unlike most today. One of her original songs, Close Enough, gained nearly more than 715,000 views on YouTube. Her social media following has continued to increase every year, and her passionate drive and innovative vision set her apart from her peers, resulting in her music and videos going viral on the internet, even capturing the attention of well-known radio show host Bobby Bones proving that her audience is captive and waiting for her next song. Ally Colleen's debut single, Work in Progress, defines the life that shaped her with personal lyrics and transparency in both the vocals and delivery. Her first radio single, Ain't the Only Hell My Mama Raised, broke the top 30 on Music Row breakout chart, landed at number 9 on CDX Traction, the indie chart, and made a debut at number 74 CDX Traction, Mainstream Country. 2021 Ali Colleen releases her highly anticipated debut album Stones and the first single off the album was Play in House, followed by Don't Give Your Heart to a Cowboy, and this song right here, Make Me a Man. Her brand new single, Pink Lemonade, is a juicy, fiery track, and we'll be playing it for you later. But right now we want you to welcome to the show, Miss Allie Colleen. Ali, where are you located nowadays?
2: I am living, I'm, I live in Tennessee. I live just north of Nashville, just right outside of town.
1: Wonderful, sounds like a good place to be right now. I'm up in Canada. Ooh, so. are you okay, is it still <laughs> shut down? You know what? Um, our province's COVID numbers are not good, but um, we're getting through it. Most of us are at least like half vaccinated now. And
2: <laughs> all, of my, all of my stories on social media, um, the responses I get most are from Canadians being like, oh, really? still locked up up here, happy you're outside. And I'm just like, man, I'm sending you all the good vibes, all the good, clean, sanitary vibes I can. I'm so sorry. Oh.
1: <laughs> Thank you. No, we're, we're going to be all right. Um, I hope that we can travel again soon. That's my hope. And I'm sure as a musician trying to get their music out there, that's what everybody wants to do right now. Sure.
2: <sighs> man, it was so tough. Nobody realizes how stale your face can get right here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Even if I smile or not, you know what I mean? It don't matter. So when you're singing to like masked audiences, yeah. they're just eyes just staring at you. You know what I mean? And like, sometimes as a performer, you have to be like, hey, remember what your face looks like, you guys, because you're just staring at me. Show me you're <laughs> having
1: some fun. Have you had the opportunity to do many shows since COVID hit now? Um, we
2: we were so lucky um going into 2020 um as I'm sure everybody had everything popping going into 2020 you know what I mean of course you did because it was gonna shut down so <laughs> but we um we signed with like a booking agency for the first time in like December of 2019 mm-hmm. and so all that to say I was so stoked to go to 2020 and like have band shows for the first time and like real Alley Colleen shows mm-hmm. because i had been doing my booking um with a-, a friend of mine named Tammy who did absolutely everything for me and helped me out a lot. And we were doing our bookings together and that was all just bar stuff you know, in like my three hour, four hour cover sets, bar stuff. Yeah. And we got to travel and see a lot of stuff and it was amazing, but nobody knew who Ali Colleen was in the night, even though I sang for you four hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we were supposed to grow into that and we were really, really excited. And we had a lot of opportunities that are still being rescheduled right now, you know, going into 2021. So mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that we do have coming up this summer is stuff that we should have done last summer. And we're just really excited to like get back around to it and like get it done. Um, So really, really looking forward to that. I think we got to go to Florida in January, you know, when like Florida and Texas just opened um, and and we got to play some
1: shows down in Florida, which was really, really nice. Um, A little overwhelming, um, but it was really, it was really, really fun. Good. I'm glad you're getting a chance to get out there now, especially promoting material because you've got a brand new album out, Stones. Yeah. Right? Yes. I do. Yes. So... Tell us about the first singles and how the how how did when you started producing this album, was the COVID thing going on or was it being in the making already?
2: Yeah. So another one of those wonky blessings that came out of the season was if we would have been touring the way that we were supposed to, this album could not have happened. It just couldn't have. There's no way Um, I didn't. I wouldn't have had time to write it. I wouldn't have time to to do any of those kind of things. Um, This whole writing project, it's 11 songs. Mm -hmm. Everything goes back. I think our oldest song that we have on it was that first release plan house. Um, That was our first digital release of the album. Um, And I think that one goes back to like March of maybe 2019, I think. So all that to say, you know, it's, it's over the last, you know, two years of writing and all that kind of stuff. And we really sat down, Joe and I, my producer, we sat down um, probably in like October ish of 2020 and really started laying out you know our songs and what we were going to do and then as soon as we found a studio in january of 21 that was going to allow us to come in and record together and and do it we um we did uh, 12 songs in two days mm. and we just busted it out and it was so fun and it was um it was just a lot and it, and it was it was really cool so we, we we did this we did this album um 11 songs ended up on the album i kept one for myself uh because it got mm. real personal Mm -hmm. And I just am so proud of this project, but like you said, it's called stones. Um, and it's just cool. Um, but we've had a really interesting kind of release situation with it. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm lucky enough to have kind of those the best of both worlds in the sense of half of my audience, um, is, is much older in that sense of they want the tangible stuff. They want the CDs, they want all that kind of stuff. And, and they want the track lists and they want the credits um, and then my other fan base doesn't have anywhere to play a CD. They have no idea where to put it. You know, they, <laughs> they're not going to go online and order it. And then once they do, they're like, how do I get it onto my iTunes? I'm like, you know how to do that. You know what I mean? You just have to go back to iTunes, not Apple Music. You know, you can do this. <laughs> but all this to say, I worked up this, this release model that I haven't seen anybody else do. So it's going to be so cool if it works. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't work, it's all on me. So I'm a little anxious about it. But we, uh, we decided to do physical first so Mm. right now the entire album is available anytime you want it you just have to go to my website you know and get it and that whole intention there is as we release these digital singles so Plant house coming out first the artwork is just the track list like kind of this doodle of what what like my track list would look like if i was to sit here and just like doodle it out like i did honestly when we designed it and so you see Plant house you're listening to it awesome all that stuff but like then you see Blame It on the Weather, you know, or Only Oklahoma or any of those other track things where you're like, well, what the heck is that? And I'm like, well, you have to go get the CD, you know, if you want to listen to it. You have to go get a CD or you can wait, you know, and every every five to six weeks, one of these songs will be coming out, you know. And, and, and we're not telling really too much about which songs are coming out when because six weeks goes by like that. You know, if you're waiting on Pink Lemonade and you know that's what comes out on June 18th. You're not going to buy the album. You're just going to go, you're just going to wait for Pink Lemonade, you know? So all of that to say, we did that, um, all that to lead up to, um, a full digital release of the album on Black Friday, um, which will have that bonus 12th song on it. So even if you got the CD, you're going to have to go and, and do the whole buy the album only on, on iTunes as well. And all that kind of stuff to get the full CD. And then also hoping that we make enough money with the physical sales this year to do a vinyl release with the digital release. Um, so we're working really, really hard and we're trying to get all those units to get good numbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just keep dreaming about maybe showing up to a show and people knowing my music before I get there.
1: Isn't that how cool would that be? I think it's really smart the way you're doing this because I mean, first of all, we're a podcast that's very nineties, nostalgic centered, and you're providing the experience for people to still have that full album in their hands and listen to it. It, it, it as a cohesive unit instead of how the way things are now with the broken. Up exactly. Singles. So exactly. Smart.
2: And it was, that was one of the funner parts of it, you know, was, was getting all your little sheets of paper and putting your titles on them and just just moving them, you know, and just mm-hmm. figuring out what that list was going to be and what that journey was going to be emotion wise for the listener and all that kind of stuff. And it was so cool. And to get to do that, you're right. Like that's, that's such an experience that's going to be missed if you just mm-hmm. listen to the individual ones. Um, and then also, You know, when we were forced to, not even forced, but when we were allowed to just buy one song, you know, when iTunes really came out and was popping and all of a sudden you didn't have to buy the whole CD for the one song you wanted. You could just get one song. Now, all of a sudden, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to listen to. You know what I mean? Just because by chance, you're not going to be listening to it. And I think that's such a special thing of albums is they're supposed Mm -hmm. to have those two, three songs that make you want to spend the money on the album. And then you also just, by default, get exposed to these amazing songs. It'll probably save your life that you wouldn't have heard otherwise. So I think there's such a special thing with albums that's just gone now. Um, And it is what it is. But if we can get vinyl back, we can get CDs back someday, Mm. right? It'll it'll come. I don't know.
1: You're right. There's something about the deep cuts that I am usually more drawn to those than the singles.
2: Absolutely. And how would you have found them? You know what I mean? Like radio's not playing them. You know, mm-hmm. and then in that kind of you know, traditional sense of how you used to find music in that way and how what made you go buy the album. So mm-hmm. it's just a really interesting thing to look at as a creative person trying mm-hmm. to like run a business. Um it's it's really, really tough and it's it's been really exciting. And again, if this works well, I'm gonna be so proud of myself. And if it doesn't, I have nobody to blame the me. So <laughs> we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs>
1: I'm excited for you.
0: Soaking up them summer rays on a grasshopper zero turn. She wore a Butterwiser bikini top, and it made my heart stop. Looking into a photograph, and my mama looking back. She was the same
1: rare to be a singer in uh, your genre, writing your own material, because there's literally like a factory of people who are employed through songwrites. So is it a rare thing now as an artist?
2: Honestly, you would think that it is kind of that way. You would think that there is almost like this union monopoly of songwriters kind of things that it's like, why would we write? We just Mm -hmm. get pitched songs all day long, you know, that we can sing. Why would we do that? But Me, personally, the caliber I'm at, I did do my first cut as as an artist in this album. I did not write Pink Lemonade. It's the only song I've ever cut that I didn't write on. And um, that was such a special moment for me, too, because, you know, just those songwriters. My main point here is it's all shifted. So Mm -hmm. what used to be everybody wrote everything and artists really did, for the most part, actually cut other people's stuff. I feel like that was more of a tradition back in the day that artists weren't really songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a thing. Now, now, if an art, if you're a songwriter and an artist doesn't take you on the bus, how are you ever going to get cut? Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're having such a hard time making money. Artists are, everybody is, but we're having such a hard time making money that we need every single income stream we can. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not on that song as a writer, as an artist kind of in today's world, I'm probably not going to cut that song because I need that income stream. You know what I mean? And and there are yeah. those artists that still value those songwriters and are like, no, I'm going to at least have three cuts on this album I didn't write on because those, they, those guys have to make money. And those guys don't get to go out and tour and sell their merchandise. You know, they don't get to go and have all those extra income streams. They only have that statutory rate, which is 0. 0.0009 cents per stream as a writer. Wow. They can't make anything. You know, yeah. I mean, it takes about, it takes so much so it's so interesting And actually I think that that is I think that that's switched now I think that now more than ever artists are always going to be a writer on their songs and even if they do cut it they're going to go hey can I change this melody or change this lyric and add me on you know as 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 a writer to the song you know kind of thing if you want me to cut it so it's actually switched in that way and so if you are a fiddle player or a songwriter or a banjo player country music ain't helping you out right now. And it's mm. really frustrating for them. And I think that's a really big thing for me as an artist to have gone in and used all real players, you know, all real instruments and all, all stuff, even made sure to intent, like to intentionally bring in a fiddle player for don't bring Your heart to a cowboy one, just to bring fiddle back into country music as a new artist, you know, because it's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. So like that was the one musician that was like, I got a job forever. Mm-hmm. I'm a fiddle player. No, we no one expected that to kind of wean out the country music. So it's actually really interesting that for the first time, songwriters are having a really, really hard time here in in Nashville, at least.
1: Um, I'm happy that you're getting to create and express your own songwriting skills, though, in your music. Like, I think that's really important for as an artist, because a lot of artists do write. It's not just about the voice sometimes. So I'm glad that you're able to do that. Um, absolutely how involved are you in your running your social media
2: I run all my social media yeah I run all my social media um the only exceptions to that would be um I'm a team of two so it's me and Bev we do everything um Uh she saves my butt every day we do everything together and um so she's really good about like my Facebook page and making sure like my events are up and those kinds of things but I run all of my socials. So if you message me on any of my socials, it's me, um, okay. you know, all that kind of stuff. And I run all my stuff. Um, and that is why it is as intimate and personal and as awesome as it is. And that's also why it's so shittily ran as it is. Cause it's
1: just me, uh, it's, it's just, me, but that's what people want. They don't want to be like, you yeah. know, they, want, they want to communicate and get to know you. So I think it's a wonderful thing.
2: Absolutely. I think if I ever did bring on someone to help me in social media, which is, is something I need to do because I'm there's just so much business stuff that I don't feel like it's accomplished in my socials because mm-hmm. it is so personal for me and for me to go, well, I don't care about this post. So why would to post it because they're not going to care about it. That's when Bev steps in and goes, Allie, no, they actually really genuinely care what kind of mascara you use. You know what I mean? Like they asked you. You post it like it's on me so there is actually a lot of content that I do it's so like I hold back just because I'm like no one's gonna care about this and honestly they eat up everything man they eat up <laughs> everything no matter what it is
1: that's great and then she's there to say like kind of give you a little review on it before you decide whether you're gonna do it or not which is kind of cool
2: she is yeah she's very helpful and even sometimes it's after the fact sometimes it's like hey maybe <laughs> take that one down and I'm like yeah, I'll think about it <laughs> But yep. she's amazing
1: she's the one who uh, I got in touch with and uh, I she, she sounds like a really awesome person so hey
2: that's ben. amazing Hello. she's a hard worker dude she's such a cowboy she's awesome
1: <laughs> um what are your favorite tracks on the new album when we talk about like the deeper cuts and such I think we should play <laughs> some tell you show? my
2: favorite thing about each one of them sure I I love them I love them I love them I love them um so stones our title track is so cool And, and, um, I'm going to revisit this a little later too, as we get into some other things, but it didn't come from too magical of a place. It came from a a Facebook post that I saw. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this, this text post, you know, of like, you know, build an empire with the stones that they've thrown at you. And, and my whole life, my very close friends and my personal family have been so supportive Mm -hmm. of me doing music and all that kind of stuff. Um, everybody else, a bunch of tough cookies out there that I have to deal with all the time. And so Stones is just such a cool way to kick this album off with this whole chorus of like, dude, I look great in black and blue. Like throw your rocks, dude. Like I look awesome like that, like do it. And whatever your intentions are, doesn't matter because I'm still going to turn into positive energy and I'm going to use it, you know, and those kinds of things. And so to kick off my debut album with Stones makes me so proud because my very first single ever that I released was this beautiful song called work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I love that song, but God help me if somebody keeps telling me how sweet I am, you know? So I was so stoked to kick this album off with something that wasn't sweet. That was, Hey, you know, the rest of the stuff might be mushy, gushy, and ooey, but I just want you to know right now, this exterior looks as tough as it does. So you don't get to the mushy, gushy inside. Cause I'm just a baby in here, but throw your rocks, you know? And I just, I loved it, but there's just a couple of little things. There's a beautiful song called only Oklahoma on this album um, that I love. I love so much. Um, And it's just my home song. You know, all of us artists have that home song Mm -hmm. and this one's mine. Um, Speaking of showcasing writers, my favorite Easter egg of only Oklahoma is um, there's this awesome song out right now. I love it maybe because I have a personal tie to it with the people that wrote it and everything called Dick down in Dallas. And it's just this viral, you know, song that's doing its thing right now. And the fact that the writer of Dick down in Dallas is my co-writer on only Oklahoma yeah. to me is just such a cool way to showcase these amazing writers because Dick down in Dallas is crude and it's offensive and it's awesome. <laughs> like and that title is mindset. amazing. <laughs> you know, like, I love it. The only better version of that song is the female one on TikTok, on TikTok mm. um, which is there's, there's better Dick Down in Dallas. And it's just, it's amazing. And it's just crude and it's cringy and it's awesome. And I love it. And to be able to showcase a writer like Matt McKinney on my stuff, to, to be able to write something as beautiful as Only Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, is so cool to me as songwriters. Um, so that's cool. Um, Blame It on the Weather is the only song on the album that I wrote just by myself. It's the only solo right on the album. Um, as I mentioned, Pink Lemonade is the first cut um, for me. And um, I don't want to be too crude on your platform or anything like hey, that. But oh, my no, gosh, there's think. no
1: whole bars on this. No, okay, cool. um, yeah. Pink
2: Lemonade is oh, my gosh, it is the oh, my gosh, it's going if someone will play it, if someone will play Pink Lemonade, this is going to change the conversation of what females get to sing about in country music because the hook of pink lemonade is blue collar boy like you could use a little pink lemonade all about vaginas whole nice. song is about vaginas. if i know
0: anything been working like a dog five straight days all of them nine to fives and i know what you need boy and it ain't no miller life. it ain't no whiskey in a glass sit back relax let me make it all over Can't have too much. You know, I made enough to last.
1: friends you know what i really love doing is podcasting it's so much fun and i've been so lucky because i've talked to amazing people so far doing this show and i'm trying to bring you guys the very best content i can now in doing that it does get kind of expensive and i'm on a little bit of a budget to do so but there's a way you guys can help out and it's called patreon if you visit our patreon page you can subscribe to our podcast and get all kinds of ultimate perks just for subscribers. There's different tiered levels, so you can join for only $1 a month if you'd like. What's in it for you? Bonus content. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. We're going to be recording all kinds of super-secret stuff just for our Patreon subscribers. And in doing that and subscribing, you're going to help us pay the bills. Help me pay my phone bill when I'm calling people far away for an interview. Help us pay for our licensing fees so we can play you awesome music clips and so much more to help keep this boat afloat, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dope nostalgia.
0: When things get tough, remember, Shake and Bake makes it easy to treat your family to plump, juicy pork chops without frying. Why fry Shake and Bake?
2: And it's just like, I'm ready to start Admiring females being sexy and strong, mm. you know, not sexy and like weak's a weird word, but not sexy in the sense of you're welcome. You get to look at me, you know, like I'm a show for you, but sexy in the sense of like you're gonna look at me, you know, like try not to, like just empowering women Owning and their doing sexuality. the damn thing, yeah. yes, and 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 being okay with it, and being comfortable with it, and knowing that it's. It's whatever you make it into be in your personal life. And that's up to you, you know, and that's okay. And, and so I'm very excited about songs like that, especially to showcase a song like Pink Lemonade, which Nora's already put out. There's Mm -hmm. a beautiful version of Pink Lemonade by Nora Collins that you guys can stream, listen to anywhere at any time. She put it out in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And to get to hear that version and try and stay true to it and also make it Allie because Nora is beautiful and blonde and tiny and sweet and kind of sounds like Minnie Mouse sometimes when she talks. And I even asked her if she knew what she was singing about and loved it. And so Mm -hmm. to do that and then take it and make it look like me was really challenging and really, really fun. Um, So those are my couple of Easter eggs on the album. But there's not a song on this album that I couldn't just go on for days about. I'm very, very proud of this whole project and my writers and what they put into it and the musicians and all that stuff.
1: Your passion shines through on that. And that's really going to be I know it's (laughs) going to make it exciting for everybody. Now, when you're talking about empowering women, what do you think we can do as women to lift each other, especially in a business that's as cutthroat as the music industry? Man,
2: y'all, we've got to realize that my race is not your race. I have never in my life been trying to match your pace or you match mine or compare the two. Like, yeah, we're running and we got our heads down, but our finish lines aren't the same. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with you handing me some water. And me handing you some if you need it. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. doesn't take anything away from my race to help out yours a little bit. And I just think as women, we have to stop being so comparative in the sense of, well, why is she doing so much better than I am? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Why aren't both of you killing it? Is the question we should be asking. You know, it should be, why is it so hard for us in the industry to to be a collective group of just women opposed to like the woman that's doing it when there's tons of dudes around, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think, I think a lot of it comes down to just internally how we talk about things and feel about things. You know, we can all blame the business and blame the dudes and, you know, blame all that kind of stuff. But in reality, you're the one buying the music. You're the one streaming the song, you know? So go play female music. If you want to see females kill it, go help them kill it
1: yeah do Do you remember that song back in the saddle with uh martisha berg and i think like faith Hale was in that yes and yes like that was such an empowering moment i felt when that one came out
2: it was so cool i mean and that's such an interesting concept too and all this is brought up in in interviews when when people are like hey what's it like being a female and 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 all that kind of stuff and do you think it's going to change do you think we're doing it what's going on and it's like man i i don't know if i would have wanted to to do this as strongly as I do if I grew up with anything other than 90s female country music. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember maybe 3 dudes being on top of country music when I was a kid kid, you know, and mm-hmm. and countless women. You know, I mean between Dolly continuing to always have a presence as well as Reba Mm -hmm. and martina and all that kind of stuff and then even you know carrie and even kelly clarkson a little bit when she really hit the idol scene and she was kind of blurring those lines between the prop country and all that stuff it was literally just females that was all i saw growing up was jamie o'neill and jody messina and females just killing it and wearing outfits that were killing it and all that kind of stuff and i don't know where that fell off i think it might have fell off when male country music became a little feminine Mm. How much sense does that make? You know what I mean? All these men started coming in with these really feminine textured voices and these really high falsettos. And all of a sudden, I feel like that just replaced the females in country music. It was so weird. I, I, love, I love those artists too. They're all my favorites, but it's just such an interesting dynamic of what we are pushing business-wise mm-hmm. with, with females and stuff. But it's coming around because there's no cooler cowboy out there than Ashley McBride not one you know not a single one. Oh my gosh and the and the cowboys know it too they mm-hmm. they're trying to keep up with her also and they know that they can't she is the coolest thing on the planet i mean kaylee hammock is is a beautiful glitter covered version of a cowboy also you know what i mean that's a, that's a tough working dude out there right now putting weird rhinestones all over her face all the time and looking amazing like it's going to come back. And I I do think that females are singing in a way that we are, we're demanding, we're demanding to be seen. We're not demanding Mm -hmm. attention anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just demanding what we're owed and what we deserve. And I think it's so cool to have trailblazers like them, um, going before me and and me getting to watch them and and just try and emulate them. So dang bad.
1: Seeing the growth in the industry and that's just a wonderful thing. So absolutely. It's exciting. Um, Has being the daughter of a country superstar helped you or hindered you in your career path? I
2: know that there are tons of insights with who my dad is as a man that Mm -hmm. has no doubtably just molded me as a person. I mean, yes, my dad is Garth Brooks, but also Garth Brooks as an artist. That's not my dad. My dad's Mm -hmm. my dad. We got to be a part of this really cool documentary last year with dad. And my sister said... One of the coolest things I've ever heard, you know, it's it's there's not a person on the planet, boldly speaking here, that doesn't know that name, that doesn't know who that is, that doesn't know mm-hmm. who Garth is and can't say that they are a fan or at least at one point we're like, ah, a cool dude or whatever the case is, even if they hate him, whatever your case is, they know who he is, you know, and they and they do in a sense have that relationship with him. Um, there's three people on this planet that can call him dad. only three of us, you know, and, and no one's ever going to know him. Like I do. No one's ever going to know him the way that my bonus mom does. And that's so special about having an artist in your family was showing me that those lines don't have to be the same. I think that there was a lot of stuff with that that helped me now, as far as having a famous parent and helping me in the business Mm -hmm. for me personally, in my journey and what I expect to happen and what I want in my values, hardest thing that I've ever gone through in my life. Yeah. Um, I was just rap i i can just like one whole cohesive story that's just going to make you understand my whole life is uh when i was in like fourth or fifth grade i was going to and like this had happened countless times up to this moment but this is just one of those pivotal moments for me that really started this fire for me and probably one of the first stones that i consider you know really being cast at me as a kid um as a famous person's daughter and wanting to do music mm-hmm. was i knew that i wanted to do this since i could walk never a question of mine. You can ask anybody ever that's ever met me. I was going to sing and I was going to do this. And I went to an elementary, um, a Christian Baptist elementary school and we had chapel on Thursdays. And I asked like, if I could so sing one I. time, chapel yes, on Thursdays uh, too. Chapel, <laughs> our God is an awesome God. Yes. yes. All the good things. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to sing in chapel one day and I sang CC Winans and it was awesome. But, um, I sang, and and there was a sweet girl in my homeroom class, and she came to me afterwards, and she goes, "Allie, I know like you sang, but like I didn't know you would get on like a stage and sing." And I was like, "Oh no, that's all I want to do. Like I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a singer, and that's what I'm going to do." And um, I don't think she'd ever thought about doing that, you know, like that she could do that. Also, like she could go be a singer, not just sing and like like to do it, but, like go do that. Mm-hmm. And so that day we were sitting in the car pickup line. And her mom comes in to get her and she goes, mom, this is Allie. And like, she sang at chapel today and she wants to like sing like when she grows up, like, I want to do that too. Like, how cool is that? And her mama just looked right at her and goes, baby, Allie has famous parents. Like she's going to be a singer one day, you know, like we, we don't have that option, you know, like you, you're not going to be a singer at fourth grade. And ever since that day, it's so, it's just as important to me to prove to myself that I'm not, I'm not doing this because I have famous parents, you know, people don't listen to my music because I have famous parents you know, come to my shows because I have famous parents. And if you do, you leave an Ally Colleen fan, you know what I mean? You're not going to show up and see Garth's daughter perform. There's nothing about me that emulates that. Mm-hmm. And it's just as important for me to know that I've done that and achieved that as it is to know that there's not a single little girl on this planet that can't do this because she doesn't have famous parents Mm. that's so goofy it doesn't make any sense to me and especially for a mama to look at her daughter and say that and like diminish that light in any kind of way absolutely not we don't tolerate things like that and so it's just so important for me to do that and then also the value that i have of my dad and my bonus mom as artists i want to do exactly what they did my Mm. dad came from a family and he just thought that his mama loved the butt ends of the bread because he didn't realize that there were six kids and that was all that was left, you know, Once mm-hmm. she made food for everybody. Like, and it's just like, that's where my dad came from. And, and, and he has worked so hard and he has such an amazing legacy that's 100% his. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I want too. I just want to be Ali Colleen. Um, and nobody ever realizes this, but my, my dad's mom sang music. My mm-hmm. grandma, Colleen Carroll, who I sing under, was a recording artist, a successful one amazing person. I have never, ever, ever in my life heard somebody look at my dad and say, oh, of course you did this. Your mom was a singer. Okay. Never once and never, ever has someone just looked at me and been like, hey, you're going to do this because you're going to do it in the sense when they do know my family. And um, it's just so important to me to just accomplish all of those things and know at the end of the day that like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm so proud of it. And I think that it will extend, you know, maybe how long I'm driving my forerunner to my shows, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. that's the coolest part of all of it is driving your own Mm -hmm. car to your shows. You know, who needs a bus?
1: I would like one one day, but we'll get there. I'm so excited for the path your career is on. And just the fact that you're going to be able to do so much, um, I want to share some of the clips of your songs on the show if that's cool. Just so please, 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 please. Wonderful. And like I wanted to wrap up things with saying, because we are a 90s oriented podcast, who were some of your growing up influences and what are some of the things that you loved about that decade, even though you were just very, very young?
2: I was, I was very young. I loved um, the stories. And obviously, that's been emulated through country music for forever.
1: Mm-hmm. wasn't a tradition in
2: the nineties, but man, it was held strong, you know, in the nineties and people get so wonky about country music now and what it sounds like and all those different things. And I don't care if you got a beat track on your song. I just want to, I want to know something at the end of it. You mm-hmm. know, I want to fall in love with a character by the end of it, or I want to hate a character by the end of it. You know what I mean? Or something. Yeah. I just, I want that. So that was something that was so cool about the nineties that I always try to emulate in my stuff is even if it's going to be a rock and cool pop song, it's going to have a story. You know, and it's gonna have that that character flow that you can follow. Um, I had really really bad dreams as a kid, and my mama had three albums that she would play for me to go to sleep, and it was the Jody uh, the Jody Messina "I'm All Right" album, mm. and then Jamie O'Neill the Sliver or Shiver Shiver album, whatever had the Mark Wills do it on it. I would sing it to my horse every single night, and then um, the George Strait album, the Run album, nice. and. I liked the George album. It was good. I liked a couple songs on it. It was awesome. Jamie and Jody, holy cow. You know what I mean? Like that was such such a special thing for me as a kid. And then, like I said, I'll beat it to death. I love Ashley McBride. Ashley McBride, mm-hmm. that's a pissed-off version of Jody Messina right there. That's all that is. <laughs> I love Coolest that. thing on the planet, you know, and and does those does those story things and all that kind of stuff. And so those are huge, huge inspirations for me, as well as you know, James Taylor and, and Ray Travis and all that stuff. Um, and then even, you know, like nineties pop music, I mean, Michael Jackson and Celine Dion and all that stuff were huge, huge inspirations Mm. for me. Um, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I know all them, you know, their careers started earlier than that, but that was where, that was where I latched on the music, you know, was during those kind of heights of those careers and, um, just absolutely love everything about it.
1: That's fantastic. And, Thanks again for your time today. Cause I've had a really great time getting to know you. Absolutely. And I hope you can come up and play Canada someday. Come do a tour. Please,
2: here. I yeah. had one booking ever. They took it away because I didn't sell enough shows. Um, all respect. How am I supposed to sell shows in dildo Canada?
1: All <laughs> anybody did
2: was just laugh at it the about poster. Dildo. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just laughed at the poster and assumed Allie had a weird typo or something, you know what I mean? Never even looked up the venue I was going to play at, just whatever. And the fact that it's like 60 miles from Climax and like 60 miles from some other weird, obscure word that it shouldn't be, it's just like (laughs) such a special memory of me to have one, had shows in Dildo Canada and had them (laughs) taken away because I didn't sell enough tickets as if I know anybody in Dildo Canada, but I'm gonna make it back up there one day and yeah. I'm gonna stop by Dildo Canada and I'm gonna buy all the merchandise for my sisters that I was gonna get them for Christmas that year.
1: <laughs> Come out yeah. to Western Canada. We, we love <laughs> our country music out here.
2: That sounds so far away. I would love to do that. Uh, I would absolutely love to. Naomi, thank you so much. I just enjoyed it. Um, and thank you so much. I feel like you really covered me as me and I really, really appreciate that.
1: Thank you. And like I said, I, I want to see you succeed and I'm going to put your music out there on our show and uh, we'll yeah. keep giving people updates to what you're doing next as well. So
2: please, thank you so much. Thank you, Ali. You take care. I will. You have a good rest of your
1: day.
0: Ever since the winter- tip
1: you again to Ali Colleen for being such an amazing guest. You can find all of her social media links and links to her music at Music.com. That's A-L-L-I-E C-O-L-L-E-E-N Music.com There you have it.
0: And now, This is Fucking Stupid with Naomi, Kendra, Charity, Mike, and Colin. This is
1: Fucking Stupid is Fucking Stupid. Stupid game we play where you have to guess the hot song of the 90s or a super obscure song of the 90s our friends have no idea what I'm gonna throw at them why don't you come play along with us
0: I was hanging with the fellas saw you with your new boyfriend no, in was uh, five I see home, but it's all good 10 points. I'm that I met him now I know Booyah. Just very slim turn on, and I can tell by looking that he's not the, one, he's not the t-
1: Right hand man, Joan Osborne. 10 points. holy, holy shit. shit. Nice. Anybody remember this tune?
0: It's a song about licking your bean. That's a daily thing. <laughs> you have a bean? <laughs> I have a bean sprout. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> <The
1: answer. laughs> rush, rush, Paul Abdul. Yeah. Oh, like,
2: yeah. You got it literally a second
1: before I was like, Oh, I know this. <laughs> I was just gonna say. One Paula, of Paul Abdul's only it. songs on Twitch twi- sings. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I you. Here's the last song. It's Amy Grant, Five Points. Every heartbeat. it. <laughs> this, this song was a big deal in, in the Christian world when it came out because it was very tough whether or not you were supposed to like it or not. I'm like it's great. It's a great album. It doesn't have any bad messages on it or anything. I feel like there might have been some at least one Christian song on here. Heart in Motion, anyone. Because this this was the big single. One. now, yeah? yeah. Really? Cool. Yeah.
0: Boy meets girl, in the same
1: I've You're always loved her voice. Hey kids, put
0: down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at nostalgia dope, Instagram at dope underscore nostalgia visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785.
1: This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.